readings from Ballarat. I said all that last night anyway, but praise the Lord. Uh, John chapter 2, if you'd like to go there. I haven't got much time, as Eddie said. So uh, we'll try and make the most of it. John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to do a fair bit of reading of scriptures here uh, tonight. So verse 1, And on the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus uh, was called and the disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. A remarkable a reply to his mother. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there was set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And the ruler of the feast uh, had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth wine, and when he men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this he went to Capernaum and his mother and his brethren and his disciples and they continued there not many days. So there are many uh, wonderful things that we could bring out of this passage of scripture of course and many people do and, uh, and many talks are given. But this is the beginning of Jesus Christ's ministry with this miracle that was performed, uh, the first of his miracles at this wedding feast in Cana in Galilee. And many preachers bring out, of course, that the, the born-again messages here where the earthen vessels and the water of baptism and the infilling of the new wine, the, the Holy Spirit, the new covenant, the best wine is kept now for Jesus Christ coming and setting up the new covenant, made on better promises, of course, the promise of God being in us and we become the temples of the Holy Ghost. And all of those things uh, can be brought out of these scriptures. But today, uh, this evening, as I said, we don't have much time, so we, I want to focus on just one verse, and that is verse 5. And this is the advice uh, that Mary gave to the servants, uh, because they had no wine, and she said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. So the mother of the Lord Jesus uh, gave this brilliant advice, and this is my talk here tonight, is about good advice and of course good advice is only good when you do it you know you can give plenty of good advice but if people don't act upon it well it's pretty useless so this is the the great advice this is in my bible i've written out this is brilliant you know this this direction that mary gave this ability to tell the people do what he says whatever he says just do it 
And it's not just about the words of Jesus that might be in red in your Bible, but it's the whole Word of God, obviously. All, all scriptures given by the inspiration of the Lord, and uh, it's all for our direction and for our advice and how to live our lives. Uh, in fact, I remember uh, 40 plus years ago, I was just down, living down here in Rapid Bay, and uh, it happened to be my birthday. My birthday is in December the 17th, in case you're taking notes. And, um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, the guy that had been witnessing to me for a couple of years came into the workplace and he had his hands behind him and he said, I hear it's your birthday. I said, yeah. He said, I've got a present for you. And he, I said, well, that's nice of you. What is it? And he said, it's this. And he pulled out a Bible that was two house bricks thick, you know. And he said, and I feel like bashing you over the head with it because, um, you know, I just wasn't really responding to the gospel message that was being preached to me. But anyway, a couple of months later, I managed to get myself to a meeting. I realised that infant sprinkling wasn't in the Bible and uh, I got to a meeting and uh, I went on to receive the Holy Spirit at my second meeting, praise the Lord. Uh, but uh, this is, uh, advice is a, a wonderful word. Uh, in the dictionary, it says this, a recommendation offered with regard to prudent future act action. Now, that might sound a, a fair old definition, but it's something that you recommend. Do this, don't do that. And it's with a view of being prudent and wise and smart about what can happen down the track. Um, it comes from a Latin word called videre, which is the same word in Italian. And it means to see, to be able to see ahead and know that some advice given now is going to be smart and prudent to sort things out in the future. Uh, to what could happen ahead. For example, a doctor might uh, do some tests, as he did uh, uh, with my wife Barbara back in, in March uh, 2015, and, and you know, the end result was you have bowel cancer. And that's a, quite a shock to the system. But he immediately recommends, he's the doctor, he knows what this stuff can do, what this sickness can do. He knows what lies ahead if you don't take action. So he, he makes a recommendation. He says, go and see this surgeon. He will do this and get rid of the disease. So that's uh, being prudent and smart and wise about you want to save your life, not die from this sickness. You take this advice. And this is what is being given here. But this is not just about dealing with an illness. This is about... Uh, as we heard last night from Pastor Scott, this is the, the fight for your soul. This is for the for direction for your eternal future. This is about the promise of God, everlasting life. This is about the salvation of your life, your soul. And, um, and so uh, here Mary obviously had enough insight to be able to say at this stage, even though it was the start of Jesus' public ministry, she had enough revelation, enough understanding, enough appreciation about what the Lord was all about to be able to give this wonderful direction. She could see into the future, as it were, and say, whatever he says, even if you don't fully appreciate or understand it at this time, just obey it, just do it, just submit yourself uh, to his word. And, um, and it will save your life. So Mary's given us the ultimate recommendation of life, 
the ultimate advice, the advice that will save our soul, of course. And uh, so we're just going to um, maybe look, look at Luke tw uh, verse 1. Uh, Luke verse 1 because I just wanted now I was actually asked to give a talk about Mary so that's what I'm actually trying to do so we've started with the brilliant advice that she gave at the wedding and, uh, and how that can save us uh, be obedient, submit unto the word of the Lord uh, and um, she herself of course went on to be very obedient uh, when the Lord gave a commandment in Acts chapter 1 and said, uh, I command you, don't depart from Jerusalem, but you wait there until you receive the promise of the Father, which I've told you all about it, but now it's available. I've paid the price of sin. I've been raised from the dead. I'm returning to my heavenly Father. And the, prom the Holy Spirit, your salvation is going to be poured out, and I command you to wait and receive it in the city of Jerusalem. And they did. And Mary was there with 120 of them and received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. So she was able, obviously, to continue to be obedient to the commandments and the directions of the Lord. And she went on to receive the Holy Ghost. Um, but uh, leading up to it, this is the beginning of his ministry, she obviously had plenty of insight to be able to give this sort of advice, this sort of direction to us all. It's in the Bible. Whatever he says, submit yourself uh, to it. And in Luke 1, we start off here in perhaps verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto his, the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, the sixth month meaning the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary, and she was going to bring forth a miracle child also uh, because she'd been barren but now she was going to bring into the world uh, a man called John who would become John the Baptist but uh, so it's in the sixth month of her pregnancy that the angel comes to Mary to a virgin in verse 27 espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came unto her and said hail thou art highly favoured the Lord is with thee blessed are thou among women and when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation is this and the angel said unto her fear not Mary for thou art has found favour with God. Now, there's uh, some pretty good uh, salutation that she's receiving from the angel. And behold, I shall conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus and he shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and shall reign over the house of Jacob. And we just heard about Jacob forever and his kingdom, there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who, has, who was called barren. 
for with God nothing shall be impossible. And all the people said, for the Lord nothing is impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So she's somewhat humble, but she's already starting to submit in all the things that the Lord had planned to use her for to bring forth the Saviour, the Son of Almighty God. So this is some salutation from the angel, some greeting and some great announcement, which is starting to give her a real insight and appreciation that she's going to be the mother of the Saviour, of us all, of all mankind. You know, um, it's interesting, uh, just a little side, but uh, very important in the light of uh, people like uh, the Catholic system. Uh, they actually quote quite a few of these verses in their number one prayer. Their number one prayer is called Hail Mary. And uh, they quote uh, pretty much spot on uh, in the, the first part of the prayer, these verses, the, these words of the angel. But the second verse of uh, the prayer, the Hail Mary, goes on to say, Hail Mary, Mother of God. You know, pray for us sinners now and at the time of our death. Amen. You be the intercessor. And of course, the greatest hymn in the, in the Catholic uh, Church is the, uh, you know, Hail Queen, Hail, uh, yeah, Hail Queen of Heaven again eulogising Mary and making her the intercessor. So it's a total corruption of scripture, of course. And, uh, but, you know, uh, as you go around, sometimes uh, you outreach, uh, particularly in Melbourne, we did a lot of outreaching in sort of new uh, estates where uh, there's development and new houses are being built and, uh, and people are pouring into the city. Uh, well, the first thing that seems to be established in a new estate, a large new estate, is a Catholic primary school. It's the, one of the first things on prime real estate. There it is. And of course, they have these fancy names. They're very nice looking schools and so on. And they have lovely uniforms and fancy names like, uh, you know, uh, the Lady of the Southern Cross and this sort of stuff. And lots of people send their kids there. And they become indoctrinated with things like the Hail Mary, of course. And I know that. I'm an Italian migrant child. And I grew up in the Catholic system, so I know what that indoctrination is like. And that indoctrination is hard to break. It's a real shackle to you. That's why it took me so long to come to the Lord, because I was indoctrinated with that sort of religious stuff. But uh, anyway, that's an aside. But nevertheless, uh, when, you, when you come across this scripture, you can't help thinking about some of the corruption that goes on and we were warned quite strongly about uh, you know the corruption that goes on in the world today by pastor scott last night verse 39 and mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of judah and entered into the house of zacharias and saluted elizabeth now she's just had this uh, remarkable revelation from the angel of what's going to happen and who she's going to be and the part she's going to play now she's visiting her cousin elizabeth and came to pass that when elizabeth heard the salutation of mary the babe leapt in her womb and elizabeth was filled with the holy ghost she was moved mightily by the holy spirit of course uh, and uh, she spake with a loud voice and said blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb 
And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord, there's Elizabeth speaking now, the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the, uh, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe, that is uh, the babe that was to be born, John the Baptist, leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is he that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which are told of her from the Lord. And Mary said, this is a, a magnificent response by Mary. She was really, uh, you know, she's had the angel and now her, Elizabeth speaking in this way to her. And Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord. If we could only make that our prayer and an ongoing prayer, my whole desire is to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. My soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. May we always rejoice in the Lord always. And all the people said, Amen. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth and all generations shall call me blessed. For he... Uh, that his mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them uh, that fear him from generation to generation. And she's speaking out things that the Lord would achieve and the Lord would do, and uh, these are revelations that have been given unto her. He has shown his strength with his arm, verse 51, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart, and he has put forth the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. Yes, Jesus said, blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled with overflowing. And he has hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Um, and Mary abode with her about three months and they would have had a great time together talking about all these manner of things, uh, Mary and Elizabeth, and then she returned to her own house and of course uh, John the Baptist was born uh, but um, she's got amazing insight about uh, what the Lord would do the mercy of the Lord you know the scattering of the proud the, the hungry being filled and uh, Israel being delivered so she's got wonderful high, uh, insight into the plan of God and also she's got great humility here and wanting to submit to it all now she goes on here of course to travel she obviously uh, pre uh, well she was eventually great with child the bible says when she traveled from nazareth down to bethlehem to be uh, to go to the the taxing that had to happen there and her and joseph went and as i said she was great with child and she went 150 kilometers or thereabouts uh, traveling so quite a remarkable sort of a journey but we'll pick it up in luke 2 and verse 10. Now this is the angel again speaking to the shepherds. Of course she eventually gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem in, and of course there was no room in the inn so he was born and laid in the manger. And uh, the shepherds are now being told uh, by a heavenly host and the angel here of uh, what has just taken place. And we're going to read it uh, because the Bible says it a lot better than I could possibly do, do it. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you the, uh, is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. This is an amazing announcement from heaven, a heavenly host, glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill unto all men. So there's all sorts of things here being revealed to these shepherds. And it, uh, and it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them onto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. So they're publishing all the things that's been revealed to them and all the... And all they that heard it wondered at all those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So she's having more uh, remarkable revelations now by what the shepherds had witnessed and the great announcement that come from heaven. And she is put it, laying them to heart. And uh, she's pondering about these things, and uh, which means to be carefully and deeply considering them in her heart. She's quite moved within by all these remarkable announcements and things that have been made, peace and goodwill unto all men, great joy, wonderful tidings. Uh, you know, a saviour, Christ the Lord, is now born and, and she's part of it all and it's all been revealed to her. And of course, uh, she goes on that after the purification, after giving birth, um, about 40 days later, she goes off up to Jerusalem to present the Lord in the temple uh, to, to the Lord, to God, of course, uh, who was the father of Jesus, of course. And, uh, and that was the law that w they had to do this. And so here uh, they come across a man called Simeon. Now, Simeon was a just and devout man, the Bible says, and he was waiting to see the anointed of the Lord, the saviour that would come. And the Lord had made it known to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw that. And so this is the next bit that uh, comes in here in Luke 2 in verse uh, 28. It says, then he took him in his arms. This is Simeon takes Jesus into his arms. And he blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And here we are, still being enlightened by the power of the Holy Ghost, by Jesus Christ and the glory of the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marvelled at those things which were spoken of him. Now she's been impressed and marvelling and amazed at uh, some of the words that Simeon is saying about this child. And um, Simeon goes on to say to her, you know, your soul is going to be pierced with sorrow. And of course, that would happen when her son was crucified on the cross of Calvary. But uh, she's marvelling at what this child will do. So there's a lot of revelation going on in Mary's life by the angel, by the shepherds, by Simeon, by Elizabeth, her own personal appreciation, understanding of what is uh, going to happen and what she's involved in and what her son will do. And of course, when he's 12 years of age, uh, they go up to Jerusalem, as they did every year for the Feast of the Passover. And we read a little bit more, perhaps in verse uh, 46. It came, uh, well, they lost Jesus for three days. They didn't know, uh, well, he wasn't with them. 
And after three days, it says here in verse 46, it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that they sought me? Wist thou not? that I must be about my father's business. And they understood not the same which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. He was a good boy. And his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favour with God and man. So again, more to know and more to consider and more to wonder about the work of the Lord. And didn't you realise at 12 years of age, I'm about my father's work. So, yes, Mary was wonderfully qualified to be at the wedding at Cana and say, whatever he says, you obey it. You do it. I know enough. I've had enough revealed to me. I understand and appreciate and, uh, and realise what the grace and mercy of God is going to achieve in bringing this child into the world and uh, <clears throat> saving the people from their sins. And so she had that and she was able to give that advice which still stands. Whatever he says, you submit to it. You appreciate it, you value it, as I have come to value and appreciate everything that Jesus Christ will do in my life. In fact, uh, in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, we're told that we should of course, come to appreciate and understand and value as Mary did, you know, to, uh, to have that wonderful understanding and appreciation. In fact, we read there, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of his saints. And there's mighty words, wonderful words, amazing words like that to lift your hope and, uh, and where you're going and what, what the place is that he has prepared for you and what a great life you can have in having a revelation going day by day of the Lord Jesus Christ and how to value him in your life and reflect him in your life as we heard the previous speaker here about uh, you know the, the real potential is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ day by day having all that revealed and it goes on to talk about the greatness of his power that we should know of it know how it can transform our life appreciate it value it put it to work the power of the Holy Ghost and I'm just going to uh, take you to uh, Peter. It was just one verse, 1 Peter 5. I've gone way over time, haven't I, Andy? Oh, sorry, mate, I forgot to look at the watch. But I do that all the time anyway. Uh, but 1 Peter 5, it's pretty hard to um, fit all of what Mary had revealed to her. But as we heard last night, we live in a very lawless world a world that won't submit to anything. That's the flesh. You know, we heard uh, a great warning from Pastor Scott last night about, uh, you know, this is the times like Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet in the midst of such lawlessness, we're being asked to submit to the word of God. 
Whatever he says, obey it. Whatever this book says, all scripture, by the inspiration of God, submit to it. And we value the fact that the Lord has brought us to a place called the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are baptised into it by the Holy Spirit that we may learn to love one another and to love the Lord and to submit to his word. And I just want one verse here out of 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 5, and it says here, Likewise, you younger, it's talking about the church. It's talking about the oversight at the beginning of the chapter. You know what? Pastors actually know a thing or two about the scriptures. They can dish out a bit of advice, and it's good to take it on board. It's great to come to meetings with your ears pinned back, really wanting to hear what direction the Lord has got for our life today. What needs to change? What needs to be transformed? What needs to increase? And here we, uh, and, and we come together. I mean, in Ballarat, we were told the other day by Pastor Rob that uh, we've had eight lockdowns this year. You know, so we've had Zoom meetings and this meeting and that meeting and mass meetings and unmasked meetings and uh, all that. But I tell you what, there's nothing better. And you, you're hanging out for that time when you can come together at a meeting a face-to-face meeting like this, hopefully without a mask, you know, so we can sing and do all those things as, as good as uh, we do. But praise the Lord, the whole idea is coming together to hear the word of God that we may submit to it. And here it says in verse 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder, submit yourself unto the authority that the Lord has put in the church, to the ministry of his word. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. And Mary was humble, as we read there in those scriptures. But that is the way the Lord can work with us. Clothe yourself with the middle, you submit yourself as a servant of God and of one another, for the God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So let's submit, let's obey from the heart the ultimate advice, whatsoever he said, do it. <laughs>